The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We've learned to hide our true feelings and emotions from the view of the outside world for fear of being seen as weak, undeserving, or not enough. While this strategy works well for a while, many of us are realizing it is not a sustainable way to continue living life, especially when there is so much that we want to achieve, create, and contribute. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shameen Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from Shameen and her guests about what it's like to face these fears head-on and courageously share emotion, vulnerability, and experience in service of creating connection, resilience, and extraordinary results. Now, here's your host, Shameen Sadiq. Hello, and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. It is Election Day here in Canada, where I live, and if you live in this great country that I live in, then I want to take this opportunity to remind you that your vote really matters. This is the one chance that we get every four years to actually have a say in, a direct say in how to change our current reality. Now, I was thinking about this this morning and I wrote, um, I actually wrote about it this morning in a newsletter that I sent out. If you're on my newsletter list, then you've received this. I was thinking about how when I'm teaching uh, either leaders or coaches about Robert Fritz's structural tension, so if that sounds familiar to you, uh, you'll understand what I'm about to say next. If not, just let it waft over you, and I'm sure it will make sense at some level. But um, in structural tension, we're looking at three things. We're looking at the vision. What is it that I want to create that matters so much to me that I do anything to bring it into being? We're looking at the current reality. And when we look at the current reality, I talk about two components of the current reality. One is the part that is sort of external to us, like it's the things that we can't do anything to change in this particular moment. And I often use the government of the day as an example of the external part of the current reality. The internal components of the current reality are absolutely up to us to choose whether we want to change them or not at any given moment, because that is all about mindset. What is the story I'm telling myself about myself, about other people, and about how things work? And we have a choice. We can believe an old story that we've been telling ourselves, or we can choose a new one that will be better to propel us forward towards that vision that we say we want. Okay, so when I'm teaching that or talking about that or using that frame with my clients, I often say, you know, the government that's in power today is the one that that that's an example of something we can't change in this moment. So I'm so delighted that this all happened is all happening on the same day today that I'm speaking to you and that there's an election and that I get to say this. Today is the day that you actually can. You actually can uh, dis, uh, contribute to that external current reality. You can 
let your voice be heard and play a part in choosing the leaders that we want for this nation to serve us for the next four years or so. So that is um, really exciting to me. I'm always happy to bring leadership frameworks into everyday life, and there's an example. So you can see that I'm quite excited about that and very passionate about it, and I think it's a great opportunity to have our voices heard, and it's what I want more than anything. And speaking of voices being heard, um, we're going to hear from my guest who is standing by waiting to start the conversation. But before we do, let's take a moment, and this will be good for me too, because I am excited um, and I think it will be helpful to get grounded. So let's do what we've been doing on the show every week for the last few months now. And spend a few minutes sitting together and just um, sitting mindfully together. And so let your feet uncross and let them rest flat on the floor. And let your palms rest on your legs, uh, you know, somewhere between your your knees, somewhere on your thighs. Not in between your knees, but between your knees and your hips (laughs) on your thighs, palms down. And just sit in a dignified and upright position in your chair Uh, Not too stiff, not needing to be so stiff that you are holding tension in your body, but just in a dignified posture so you're not slouched over or anything. And uh, take your eyes uh, and just gaze at the ground about four to six feet in front of you. Or you can close your eyes if you feel more comfortable with that, whatever works best for you. And let's just let ourselves sink into the chair, sink into this moment allowing your feet to make contact with the ground. And take a couple of deep breaths here. Just breathing in through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. And as we do this a couple more times together, when you exhale, imagine that all that tension, if there is any, in you or excitement or sadness or whatever emotion you're feeling at this moment, just let it go. Let it come out with the exhale. And so inhaling again, taking a deep breath and exhale. Good. We'll spend a few minutes here together and all we're going to do is just let our awareness be with our breath. So those deep breaths were meant to just sort of get started and get relaxed and let go of some of the tension. Now the goal, if there is a goal, is to just breathe at your own pace. Breathing in and breathing out. And just notice your breath. And if you notice that it's hard to notice your breath, you might try this. Breathing in, say quietly to yourself, I'm breathing in. And when you exhale, you might say quietly to yourself, I'm breathing out. That's what helps me focus my attention on my breath. So this isn't about anything other than giving our brain a bit of a pause, giving our body and minds a bit of a pause. Just allowing ourselves to relax, come into the present moment, 
leave whatever was happening before now behind. You can pick it up after the show. And also letting our feet come into contact with the earth. I call this a grounding experience because it's about finding solid ground. Even when things are exciting or hectic or chaotic, if we can come back to our feet planted on the ground, on the earth, Uh, If you're in a building, imagine that your feet are planted on the earth, just coming into connection with the earth to give us some solid ground. This is a wonderful thing to do when things feel out of control, is just find five minutes, find one minute, if that's all you have, to ground yourself, to come into awareness of your breath and your feet on the floor connecting you to the earth. Good. And we'll take a couple more breaths here before we bring this mini experience of grounding to a close. Just a couple more breaths. Noticing that sometimes there are sounds that distract us hearing them and letting them go. Good. And on your next inhalation, I'd like you to just take a deeper breath and see if you can just sort of stretch and move and knowing that we're bringing this part of our conversation or this part of our time together to a close so that we can have a conversation. Just maybe stretching, reaching your arms one way or the other, and opening your eyes gently when you feel ready. Fantastic. Good. So in our show today, we are having a, um, we're going to have three segments in this show, and we're partway through the first one now. And then we'll have two more. And I have the absolute pleasure of introducing you to our guest, Corey Parmex, who is the CEO, newly the CEO of Telax Hosted Call Center. Now, Corey and I met each other, oh my gosh, I think it was in 2007, maybe, uh, yes, 2007, when I was working in a previous context before I started my um, my leadership consulting and coaching business. And I was always struck by how personable Corey was, how um, helpful he was in the project that we were working on together, uh, his positivity and maturity. All of these things made me sort of sit up, sit up and take notice. And we uh, started a conversation that took us into getting to know each other a little bit more. And now many years later, I noticed that he has become the CEO of Telax. And I was so delighted to hear that and so excited about his achievement that I called him up and said, let's have a conversation, which led us into this conversation today. And our topic today is conscious business, oxymoron or real possibility. So I'll say a little bit more about that, but let me bring Corey into the conversation. Welcome. Hi, Charmaine. 
Thanks so much for having me. And uh, what a wonderful introduction. I uh, hope to live up to those kind words you just said. <laughs> well, they're all true, and you don't have to do anything except be yourself to live up to those. So um, thank you for being willing to join. And, you know, it's wonderful when um, some time passes in between speaking to, to people. You know, like we had, uh, we had some, we did some work together back then, and then I don't know how many years ago that was. That was probably gosh, six or seven years ago, and we started talking again, and it was almost like those years hadn't even happened. Yeah, so, it's amazing how uh, the time can pass, but uh, if you have a connection with someone about a topic, about things that they always keep you close to them, even if there is a, a difference in time. Absolutely, absolutely. And one of the things that I noticed when we were talking is that it sounded to me like Telax has this... Um, um, center of gravity, if you like, that is beyond what is conventional. And that's something that I was very curious about because I know a lot of people, I know a lot of individuals who are in a conscious journey to kind of evolve their consciousness and be able to hold a broader perspective on things. But I don't know too many businesses that have made a conscious choice and effort in that direction. And when we were talking, um, just the things that you were saying and the way that we were talking with each other was making me think that perhaps Telax is indeed one of these companies that has moved its center of gravity from something that's kind of like the way everybody else does it to something that is more mature, has a broader context and takes things, I don't know, beyond the, the, the usual every day. So that's why I asked you to come and, and talk with me today. And I'd love it if we could begin by you telling us a little bit more about you, um, your story of, of, I don't know, how you came to be a conscious leader yourself. Okay, well, I'll uh, begin somewhere. I'm not sure uh, where this will lead, but okay. it's, a, it's a conversation between the two of us and all of our listeners, and hopefully some will call in and ask questions as we hit some notes. Um, but... First, I guess being a conscious leader, those are even the term, you know, what my title is right now, all these things are things we try to hold at a distance uh, from ourselves uh, at Telax. Um, we believe in a leader-leader in a model at Telax. So all of us are on a journey together. Okay. That journey isn't separate from who we are as people and who we are at work. And I think that starts a kind of a different conversation, a different relationship that we have with each other which then allows us to have a different relationship with our clients, with our, our partners, our suppliers, with society in general. I think that's a, kind of a key starting point for us. Um, mm -hmm. We provide software, ultimately. That's kind of like what we do. But that is probably the least important of our attributes. I mean, that's ultimately a part of how we create value. And the software we provide is for our clients to connect with their customers. Uh, but ultimately, when we were growing, um, we were trying to understand what made us unique and what made this team a great to be a part of. And mm -hmm. we tried to start, uh, we explored those elements. And, and one of the things we explored was that we actually had a purpose, that we were trying to fulfill that purpose through our relationships, uh, through our software, through the way we related. And we kind of defined that as uh, our purpose was to build trusted relationships. And that was on many levels. You know, at the most 
as practical level, we believe that that was the purpose of our software and our service to help mm-hmm. our clients connect with their customers and allow that relationship to form so that they would have deeper, richer, uh, richer relationships. But we also felt that that's how we related to our customers and our clients and were able to help them. And that brought a lot of joy to the interactions, to us being a part of their wins and to our clients for relating to an organization that took that approach. And ultimately, and most primarily, it's how we related to each other. And that's where the whole the journey of the conscious organization kind of started to uh, take hold, that the notion of a, a bureaucratic, hierarchical organization didn't need to be. And in fact, maybe there was a different way that produced both the same external results and better even, like on a financial dimension, but also mm-hmm. produced better internal results for the individuals that were a part of it. And that's what we've been exploring uh, for this time. I think the map that we've been used to using to use uh, to navigate the territory may be outdated or the territory has evolved and the map is shortcoming. So we're trying to evolve that map. And we're not the only ones. Uh, we're, there are a ton of organizations that are starting the journey. It's just fun to be on that journey with them. You know, when I first, I, I just talked about what I felt when I met you way back then. So this was this was already in play then. I mean, th- that is exactly how I felt. I, I was thinking about it this morning when I was walking and I was thinking about how challenging it is to, um, you know, to take on a customer of the magnitude that I was working with when I met you. And the, the kind of positivity and the... Um, friendliness and the kind you know I'm sure there were frustrating moments but never we never really felt or at least I never really felt like we were a burden um and I I remember being sort of surprised by that because I hadn't had that experience that wasn't the norm uh it feels like you were really doing that on the like I was feeling it on the outside and I love how it reflects in what you want you know your software to do and then what you're talking about on the inside um, each of you with each other, that just nothing, nothing makes me happier than to hear that, that you want to have a good human experience together at work. It's just amazing. And that's a big part of what uh, drives us or allows us to have a, a great time. And when we think about kind of large organizations where there may be a culture that uh, has kind of that view and there's a hierarchy and there's bureaucracy and there are all these types of uh, leadership frameworks that are actually in play that help explain uh, why those dynamics happen and how they actually can evolve. What we find is that uh, they're made up of people like yourself who are looking for these experiences. And if we can facilitate that with them, not only can they have a great uh, experience working with us, uh, that could potentially be a seed of that being planted in that organization and them uh, creating a, a center of gravity that takes uh, hold and moves throughout that organization. And that we feel is a part of our purpose as well, is to demonstrate that this kind of uh, work can be done and they're not mutually in- exclusive uh, to be uh, doing well and doing good at the same time and really encouraging that. I think when we alluded earlier or said the map and the territory, I think one of the assumptions that's been, I think, the most uh, mm, harmful to the way we view organizations, especially, you know, for-profit organizations, was a a 1970s concept, I think, Milton Friedman kind of popularized that the purpose of an organization is to, uh, you know, increase shareholder value. 
and mm. it kind of took hold as this notion that businesses exist to create profit and that's it. That's kind of their reason to etra. And uh, that's really created a, a, a major hindrance uh, with the growth. And I think we're moving beyond that map now to say there is more. And that's when we talk about a conscious organization. Uh, Peter Drucker actually many years before that said, to say a business uh, exists to create profit is like saying that a human being lives to breathe. Uh, obviously, yes. you need to breathe to live, uh, but to say you live to breathe is uh, shortchanging your, your life, and it's yeah. similar to a business. Obviously, you need profitability in order to feed the impact that you're making in the world, but it's the impact and your purpose that's actually why the organization exists, and the other part is just the ability to make that impact. I love this, and we're going to go to a break. When we come back, I want to hear more about that and how you've taken that uh, and put it into play at Telax. Uh, I want to also give the number, so if people want to call in and join our conversation, it's one 346 9141 Let's take a break, and we'll be back for more Stories from the Heart of Leadership. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadiq, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliadership.com and let's get started. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. To stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. 
Her email address is shameen at anjaliadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Welcome back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm your host, Shameen Sadiq, and I'm joined today by my guest, Corey Parmax, the CEO of Telex Hosted Call Center, and our topic today is Conscious Business. So, Corey, before the break, we were talking about um, how some of these old maps came into being and how they've done um, they've done they've done something. They've had an impact on uh, how things have kind of evolved in business and and how you're trying to write some different maps now. Tell us a little bit more about um, what what brought your attention to all of this. I mean, wh- I, I'm so curious. Where did it take root for you and for Telax? Well, I think a lot of it uh, started with our founder Mario Perez. Uh, I think intuitively he had a, a sense around all of this. And so when we met you and we were working with your previous organization, uh, none of this was explicit. Uh, yes. And I think this is a part of what we talk about conscious business. It's about taking something that is in the unconscious and making it conscious through a process of you know, wrestling with it and understanding your values and understanding how you're living. So I think, Mario, and some of the things that you said earlier in the intro about you know, being emotionally engaged and allowing yourself to be vulnerable, he was uh, the kind of leader that allowed his definition of leadership was really the leaders that you could help facilitate around you. So there was never... Uh, the kind of hierarchy that a, an organization that would believe in the other models would have. So that really facilitated conversations internally, uh, allowed us to engage our, our clients in ways that allowed both the client and ourselves to grow. So I would say it all started there. And mm-hmm. common, I think, in a lot of people is that we tend to be experience rich and then theory poor. Uh, but as you look through the experiences that you're having, you try to find theories that explain them. And if the theories that you're living by at the time don't add up, and that's where we talk about the map, the map is inadequate, you start looking for new maps. And those maps are out there. Uh, I wouldn't want anyone to, to think that we're blazing a trail in discovery. What we're, I think, doing is uh, putting our voices to the chorus uh, that is together either using the, the academic or previously experienced knowledge that's out there uh, to engage and, and develop in, the, in this way. And there, are, there is a lot of material, and uh, some of it is in the business world or organizational theory world. Some of it is in other areas of science, like systems theory. Uh, there's great writing from uh, Peter Senge uh, that talks about you know, the industrial age and the model that we've been left with is the machine. And we often think of you know, our work and even ourselves through that prism. But it's time to evolve past that because uh, some of those ideas are limiting. So what's the new model that, that we can use? Um, so those were really interesting. Um, mm. Thinking a lot around, you know, the compartmentalization that people go through often as a result of uh, the models that are in play in organizations and who they are at home is different than who they are at work. And us naturally thinking that doesn't seem like it's ideal. How can we be authentic throughout our day? Because after all, we are who we are all the time. How can the organization that we're a part of reflect who we are and help us grow individually and personally and will the organization grow and benefit as a result and through its growth will it feed back and feed our own growth? Uh, Those were all the kind of questions we were asking and 
behaving in that way even before we were asking them, and we were having great success with our clients, great success with our outcomes, and that kind of created a, a, a positive reinforcing cycle where we continued to explore and explore. And uh, one of the, the books we came across during this journey is uh, a book called Peak, uh, written by Chip Conley, who's like a hotelier in San Francisco. But uh, he's used uh, an old model of Abraham Maslow, and he really simplified it in a way that we could get our heads wrapped around. Instead of the seven or nine levels, he actually broke it down into three levels. Uh, for example, you know, the, the, le- the level of someone who has a role in an organization, uh, he broke down into three. And he actually tells a really interesting story. Um, you may have heard it. Uh, some listeners may, some listeners may not. But I think it, it bears repeating. And it's the, the story of the, the stonecutters. And uh, have you ever heard this one, by the way? It sounds familiar, but uh, tell us anyway, because, yes, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Uh, sometimes there's two stonecutters, but in this one, there's three stonecutters. Uh, okay. I think it fits the three uh, better a little bit. So the story is that, there's a traveler walking down uh, the road, and he comes across three stonecutters, and he asks the first stonecutter, what are you doing? And the stonecutter just replies to him, you know, I'm, I'm earning some pay so I can buy some food. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, interesting. And he goes to the next stonecutter, and he says, what are you doing? And the stonecutter's like, I'm becoming the best stonecutter in the world. And he asks the third stonecutter, what are you doing? And that stonecutter responds, I'm building a cathedral where people mm. will worship and be at peace for thousands of years. So mm. clearly, all three of them are doing the same thing, but they have a very different view and experience and outcome from how they perceive what they're doing and what they're putting into it. So... He actually uses this model to say the first stonecutter is someone that's got a job. You know, they're trading their time for money, and that's what they're getting out of it. The second stonecutter has a career uh, where they're becoming the best at something. They get this self-satisfaction out of that, uh, and that's fine. All of them are fine. It's just different perspectives. But the third stonecutter has got a calling. Uh, where he's really using that work that he does to transform and he's having a a transformational and potentially transcendent experience. So that was a really interesting model for us to look at and uh, both to internally, individually look at and look at as an organization. How is our organization doing those three things as well? And the ultimate kind of three-stage thing that uh, Chip Conley left with is that the first level is survival. Yeah. The second level is success, but it's that third level that's the transformation that can give us the most for the time that we're spending with what we're engaged in. Wow. Wow. Um, this is what made me want you to come on the show because I was having the same feeling that I'm having now when we were talking last uh, a few weeks ago when we reconnected. And, you know, I, I look at... I look at all the things that I look at through the lens of leadership, the lens of leadership development, the lens of adult development and, and sort of that, um, that conscious development. And, you know, here you are saying to me that you were already like, like that. I, I mean, I, I work hard to help people to get like that, you know, to become like that, to broaden their horizon, to, to look at this in the larger perspective um, from the number two and number three ways, you know, like the success, but the calling as well. And I work hard to do that. And here you are, you guys have just been doing it and finding it yourselves. And I mean, I don't mean to sound so surprised, but I guess coming from the lens that I'm looking through, it it's, seems often like it's um, hard work and 
you know, I know it's attainable, but sometimes it feels really hard. So to hear you say that this is just how you've been and that you've been thinking about these things and looking there as an organization, it just, it just blows me away every time you say it. Well, I appreciate you saying that, but I, I do want to say that it's not like we're living in euphoria all the time. It's yeah. more like a framework through which we're trying to, uh, you know, continually put into perspective uh, what we think we can get individually out of our collective work together. And uh, um, that's what I guess makes us different, but like some other organizations that are trying to do that. I think ultimately, when we spend so much of our time at quote-unquote work, if that work can feed back into our personal development, um, that seems like a, a great thing to try and foster. So that's, I think, what we're trying to do. And related to that is that, you know, if this is a new model of organizational design or theory that organizations can do this and also deliver great external financial results, that's the key because it's not a trade-off. It's yeah. a union between these two, two tensions to say that uh, the individual as a part of the organization can get more and the organization can create more through the individual getting more. Uh, because I think without that, uh, you're not going to have uh, you know, the, a subscription or an enrollment of more people and more organizations being a part of it. Yeah. Kind of related to that, there's a, a really good book called Firms of Endearment. And uh, it's written around this concept, um, Firms of Endearment, a playoff, I guess, the movie Terms of Endearment, which yeah. dates me, but I was just, just a bit old enough to know what that was at the time. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it takes on the whole uh, maximizing shareholder value to say that companies that maximize stakeholder value, and meaning its, in, its team members, its customers and its uh, investors, I think it just looks at those three and potentially looks at society at large, actually do more for shareholder value than those that put shareholder value first. So it's saying that these aren't trade-offs you have to make. They're actually a better way to get that done, and you'll get a lot more done at the same time. I think uh, it compares, I'm not sure if it does it in the text, but I find it similar to when uh, people are chasing happiness. If you chase it directly, you don't really get it. All you get is more chasing happiness. But when you do something you love, happiness comes with it as an epiphenomenon. Well, maximizing shareholder value is an epiphenomenon to take care, taking care of everything else. And if you're able to do that first, you'll get that anyway. And you'll have all these other benefits as well. So here's what would be really helpful, I think, to some of our listeners, and I know to some of my clients, who are stuck in the, um, in, the, in, a, in the old map that they, in order to make money and, and to, to satisfy their shareholders, they have to work really, really hard. As you're talking about this, and, and by the way, I, I, may, I might even be an example of that as well. In my, I'm noticing some things about my own business, and I'll, I'll share a little bit more about that in the next segment. But um, so we can apply this some um, to me too. But for those who are so busy, working so hard, overwhelmed, trying to deal with the multiple uh, complex demands on their time and, and feeling like they really can't stop, when I hear you talk, one of the things that comes up for me is that you must, in your organization, uh, you, a, a part of your culture is to take stock, is to pause and take a look, is to, um, you know, just slow things down a bit because you also value 
what the experience is for the stakeholders in addition to the shareholders. So what's your advice to companies that hear you saying this and think, oh, I'd love it if that was true, but in theory it sounds good, but not here, we're too busy, we can't stop running. What's your advice to those folks? Uh, that's a that's a complicated and, and very important question. I think, uh, first, we do work really hard. Uh, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Um, I think it's a matter of what are we working at? What are we getting out of the work we have? And do we have to work hard all the time? Or is, it a, is it a treadmill? Uh, I think understanding what you're working for uh, allows you to work in bursts or with levels of intensity that don't feel nearly as hard as mm-hmm. when you're feeling like, you know, it's by rote. Uh, or most importantly, actually, when you're working because someone told you that you have to work, which yeah. is, I think, our, our biggest thing, is that uh, we're a self-managed, self-organizing team. So no one has the, the authority to tell somebody that they have to work, how long they have to work, and what they have to get done. Those are all things that the individual takes upon themselves as a part of their accountabilities, their commitments, uh, whether it's through you know, looking at their peers and what they're looking for them, realizing what the market demand is, and just the intrinsic motivation of, uh, I feel great about getting this done and delivering. Having said that, the, the quote-unquote, you know, I'm going to call it work-life balance, because even that's kind of a dichotomy between work-life and work. It's all, it's all life. But yes. recognizing that you need to take your time when you need it so that you can be more effective overall. Uh, one of our values is, is called trust saves energy. And uh, it, had, it has its roots in, a, in another expression. So first, the, the, the trust saves energy really means that if we trust each other, we can save our own energy because we're never worried about someone having to look over someone else's shoulder and spending that energy worrying about is everyone doing what they should be doing because trust allows us to know that everyone is doing that. There's a story called The Way of the Beaver where all beavers, when they work together building a dam, no beaver ever questions another beaver about where they're putting their branch. They mm. trust that every beaver puts the branch exactly where it should go, and they're in unison focusing on their own branch, not having to worry about someone else's branch. So that helps, and it's actually brought out from another story we had called No Redlining, that if we're redlining ourselves all the time, like a car engine would, and again, yes. apologies for using a industrial mechanical uh, analogy, but when the gas is all the way down to the floor and you are in a situation where you need a little extra energy to get through a challenging situation, there's nothing left to give. So the organization itself has to recognize that for itself to be long-term successful, it has to be sustainable. And a part of sustaining is not having that treadmill and burning each other out uh, so that you do have that capability to, to punch into that extra gear and, and be in it for the long haul. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And some folks don't, some organizations, I guess, they don't view their teams that way. But that's, I think, where the challenge is, is to kind of reorient and say what's, what's best long-term for the organization. And one of our challenges, I think, is that we do look at things on a, especially if you're a public company, on a quarter-by-quarter basis, it's tougher to make a long-term view. And those are the kind of uh, attachments we have to pull ourselves away from. Like, I've heard stories in in some Japanese companies that they look at 250-year plans, and that helps detach the individual ego away from what's best for me as the individual. But how is this organization going to give back to the society for a very long period of time? I love it. I love it. Okay, time for another break. When we come back, we'll complete this conversation with Corey, which I am just so enjoying. 
So we'll see you on the other side of the break. I'm Shamine, and this is Stories from the Heart of Leadership. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hello, I'm Shamin Sadik, the founder and CEO of Anjali Leadership. Anjali means heartfelt offering, and it's no accident that my company is named this way, as our work comes straight from the heart. I spent years working within organizations where well-intentioned leaders somehow managed to create more frustration and disappointment than anything else. You know what? I was one of those leaders, and I yearned for something better, but didn't know what it would look like or how to make it happen. Fortunately, I do know now. At Anjali Leadership, we specialize in helping you climb out of these limiting patterns of behavior so that you can pour your energy and passion into creating the vision, results, and business performance you've been striving for since the beginning. If you want to learn more, visit anjaliadership.com. Ready to work with us? Go to anjaliadership.com and let's get started. Where can you listen to some of the world's top life coaches ready to dish out success tips and entrepreneurial guidance? The Voice America Empowerment Channel will do just that. Whether it's personal growth, building a better business, or inspirational life stories, make it a daily habit to tune into our programs. From weight loss and personal branding to law of attraction and increased happiness, you'll find it every day at VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shameen at anjaliadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to stories from the heart of leadership. Welcome back. I'm here with my guest, Corey Parmax, and we're talking about conscious business, oxymoron or real possibility. And as the conversation unfolds, I believe it is a real possibility. And in fact, that um, there are companies like Telex out there who are actually conscious, and that is awesome. Um, before we jump back into the conversation, I just wanted to remind you all that there is something coming up in Calgary that you may want to join. Um, it is an advanced coaching training, so it's for coaches. 
And I am teaching for two days. Um, I'm teaching. Teaching isn't really the right word. Mentoring. Let's call it mentoring and facilitating uh, a deeper look at the frameworks, uh, the one that we've been talking about here today, structural tension, as well as another one that we've been talking about, although not explicitly, but these uh, the notion of um, stages of adult development that we can grow our consciousness as we progress through life. So if that interests you, send me an email. Uh, you can reach me through, um, if you're on the show page, there's a link. So you can email me from there, or you can just send me an email at shameen, S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N, at anjaliliadership.com. And let me know. I've got three seats left. So there are only three left, and it's in November, November 25th and 26th in Calgary. It will be cold. Bring your boots, bring your hat, bring your scarf, and a warm coat. That's what I'll be taking, and a warm heart as well. Okay. So, Corey, back to us and this conversation. Um, I was at, I was teaching uh, or leading a workshop recently um, with, with a bunch of leaders from a healthcare organization in the United States, and I showed them a video, and for the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the person whose video I showed, so what I'm going to do later, it's a TED Talk, is I'm going to post it on my Facebook page, um, Anjali Leadership, so you can go there and have a look at it if you like. That's my my nod to the person who is featured in it, whose name I've completely forgotten. But he talks about something, um, he, you know, everyone has their own way of talking about this. And what he says is that you can be a prophet, you can be a prophet and make a profit. And, you know, when you talk about stakeholders and shareholders, you know, I, th- I think, wow, what a, like, it's, it is a new map. It's a new way of thinking about it. Because like you said, the old way is that it's all about the money. And to to think that we can have both. And and then, just I'll speak about my own business for a moment. I have struggled with asking for money for my services because I'm more on the service side of it. I'm more on the profit, like profit with a PH side of it, or the 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 what is the experience or the purpose or the calling that I'm that I'm following. And I've been reluctant and I found it really difficult to ask to be paid or to be asked to be paid a certain amount of money or to raise my prices. Um, And the more that I'm delving into this, I'm starting to see that, yes, these two things can can coexist. And furthermore, they, they empower and enable each other. I mean, how can I agree more? How can I Um, have my purpose if I don't have enough money to, you know, put food on the table kind of, you know, that's that's the way I kind of think about it in the simplest, most personal way. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's very common for uh, uh, folks in your profession or with your outlook or where you want to help and, and reach out. Somehow, um, the idea of having a new map doesn't mean throwing the old map out. I think as consciousness grows, whether at the individual level or at the organizational level, it's about integrating the previous lessons. Yes. And uh, you grow to encompass what was previously there, but now you're at a higher order of thinking and consciousness that allows you to add to that. So you don't throw that out, but you add to it. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, human development has followed a lot of that uh, process, you know, starting off foraging, then horticulture, agriculture, industrial, and now this rational and whatever happens in the post-rational phases, they don't throw everything else out before it, but build on it. So I think that there's nothing 
not only there's nothing wrong with making a profit, it's necessary for you to continue. I mean, we don't even think of it as profit. We talk about creating value and then capturing value. And Mm -hmm. you need to capture the right proportion of it so that you can continue to create it. But never, ever attempt to capture more than you're creating. So that's rule number one. (laughs) And uh, that's uh, a really key thing. Uh, But again, if you don't capture enough for you to keep creating value, then you become of no service to anyone else. And that kind of leads to a, a kind of martyrdom complex or maybe it could be rooted in that. There are a whole bunch of reasons why uh, people can feel that way. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's really important that that's not the primary driver, but you obviously need to be able to uh, continue. Um, I think interesting point that you also made, I just want to dovetail off of when you talked about uh, what's happening in Calgary and then you said teaching and then you immediately corrected yourself as mentoring. Uh, I think that that's been one of the keys to uh, our journey is language. Uh, language is a key indicator of where we are from a central of gravity uh, in, our, in our tribe is what we refer to ourselves um, What's the culture like? And you can tell what's happening through the language, and you can also influence what's happening uh, through the language. And by becoming conscious of the language we use, we understand where we are on the map, and by using language consciously, we can move ourselves along that map. And I think it's just been really useful to us, and I just wanted to point that out to uh, your listeners in case they find that a useful tool when we're getting practical about how to develop greater consciousness in the in the organizations we're a part of. You know, there's been so much that you have shared today that I think um, people are finding useful. I hope that uh, if you're listening to this and it's resonating or or if it's raising curiosity or excitement about uh, how you might begin to uh, take this journey in your business, then please send me an email. Tell me what resonated. Tell me uh, what your questions are. I've taken some notes about what Corey has said about Telax. About, I mean, I mean, at the top of my, I've drawn a little picture here. It kind of looks like a, a donut or a, <laughs> I don't know what it looks like, <laughs> a snowman maybe. But on the top sort of circle, I've written purpose. Because it feels to me like that—that that is what guides you—is this this very strong purpose to build trusted relationships and all of the the reflections of that on every level. And then I wrote underneath that trust, faith, energy, which, as I said, uh, I think what you said, right? Trust, faith, energy—is that it? Yeah, that's one and, of our values. So to yeah. your point, like having a, a guiding star, your why, your purpose, uh, yeah. kind of focuses the direction, and then a set of values that. Uh, you live by uh, that help inform your behavior uh, is is the key to kind of in, ensuring that the team is is pulling together and we're heading down a path together and it helps you uh, attract people to your team that believe that and it helps those that aren't really uh, on that same journey to find uh, an organization that's a little bit more in line and resonate with what they do believe and you know there's no right or wrong in any of this I think it's really about uh, what is serving you on your journey. And if you're spending a lot of time with an organization, uh, you know, for the purposes of you know, doing work and paying your rent, that also benefiting you on other levels, I think, is really key since we're spending so much time. And having that sense of development and that journey, both as a team together and as individual, as a part of the team, that's where the feedback loop kind of starts, is that 
None of, none of us have like the, the blueprint, the map for Telax's journey, but we're all a part of it. And as it grows and it takes us to places, we grow and we take it places. So there's this uh, constant resonance between it. So um, having those values in places are really key. And you never know what you really believe until you're tested. And you really have to sacrifice one for another where you realize what your true values are. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to be having that experience today in, in voting day, uh, having to make choices based on what they believe is the best for our uh, best choice out of the choices we have for our country for the next few years. And every day we're voting with our feet with what organization we choose to work with, uh, um, and I wouldn't say for, and other organizations we tend to deal with. I mean, we've had to make some tough choices about organizations we didn't want to work with based on their mm-hmm. values and how it wasn't going to be a fit for us. We couldn't serve them well. Uh, based on that misalignment, and that's always a tough decision to make. Um, but when you are firm about what you believe, it becomes easier, and that's when your values are tested, where you say, well, here's this revenue, which you really turn it down because you don't believe overall in what the, the relationship fit is, and if you say yes, then that value uh, kind of gets more firmly planted as a part of your organization. You know, there are so many things that I've loved about this conversation. Um, the thing that's that's that I really want to say and underline is how your, so there's, you know, there were three levels of building trusted relationships that you mentioned clients to their customers with your software um, between you and your clients. And then internally how you relate to each other. And I see a fourth one, which is how your generosity in sharing what you're up to and how you think about things um, how you want to offer that to others and how by sharing it, you know, you might, in, by sharing it here on the show, you might inspire other businesses to, to start to think of, to just question the old ways or the ways in which they've been thinking. And again, like you said, think about how they might expand and integrate that with something new, not throwing out what's already been in place, but sort of, I call it um, expanding your range by adding something that you hadn't considered before and all. Also by uh, your choice of who to work with and then working with them, knowing that part of what you're doing is modeling for them how they could organize themselves or what values they might, you know, their values don't have to be the same as yours, but that they could follow a similar um, framework, that they could pin their work with a similar framework. So that there's just huge generosity in you, Corey, and in Telax and in you talking about this here today and just you living your life, um, it's very inspiring. And if you heard sort of tears in my voice, it's because I, I get very inspired by that. It's um, just a Well, first, I, I want to say thank you for asking me to speak about this stuff. I don't want to claim any kind of knowledge, credit, uh, all of that for this stuff. This is the first time anyone's really asked me to talk about this at length. Um, I'm a student. Uh, you taught me things many years ago that helped me on this journey. I'm a student of our team. I learn things every day, and I reserve the right to be wrong about anything I said. All the views are my own, and mm-hmm. uh, I reserve the right to change my mind, and I don't speak for anyone else. Um, <laughs> so we hope that this is useful. It's fun to talk about, and it might be something that's a calling of mine 
time to explore other organizational models and help um, if other people feel that they're useful to talk. I think Zappos is doing this in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Shea, um, they switched out investors a few years ago. They actually sold to Amazon because the previous investors didn't really want them to spend all that time talking about different things other than selling more shoes online. So there are folks that are talking more and more, and uh, it seems to be a conversation that's great. And I wanted to thank you for uh, making it a topic of your show and recognizing it as a conversation that uh, you wanted to bring to your audience. It's, uh, that's inspiring, and uh, we need more of that. So it gets the rest of us doing this stuff, talking more about it rather than just uh, doing it. Oh, thanks, Corey. I so appreciate you coming and joining me here today. Um, as we bring this show to a close, I, I can't help but just plant this little seed. Um, you, you and I, were when we were talking, you know, you said, how can I help you? How, what can I do for you? Because I'd asked you to do this for me. It's not for me. It's for all of us. And I think that um, what I would like to say to, in answer to that question is, let's keep it open, that there might be something that we could do together um, to actually, uh, like you said, maybe there's a way to take this and actually offer it to others or um, help others avail themselves of it so that they can learn both from um, your experience and from the work that I've got to offer in terms of coaching and, and development and bring all of that together. I just, I don't know what it would look like or how that would happen, but that's kind of what's coming up for me. So I'm going to hold that open as a possibility. And I'm going to say goodbye and bring the show to a close. To my beloved listeners, thank you so much for joining again today. And we will speak again next week. Until then, take good care. Thank you so much for joining us today for Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Shamin Sadiq will be back next Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hope you'll come back as well. Have a wonderful week. And remember, we are all members of this great human family. You are not alone. Oh, 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 oh